time. Here All right. Goes. All right. Come on, if you love Jesus, jump on your feet and make some noise in here. I came all the way from California to find the praisers. It's, where's the praise section in here? I just need to find the praise section. Hallelujah. While you're yet standing, Father, we bless you and thank you for being in this house on this morning. We thank you for this phenomenal group of believers, God, that have come to worship you on this morning. So for the next few fleeting moments, inspire us, encourage us, send your word, break yokes of bondage. God heal, deliver, and set free. And God will be careful to, first of all, claim the victory. But give your name the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. On your way to your seat, tell your neighbor, this is the praise section. Now you, need, you need to get this straight right now, that, that I've been through too much to sit next to you and be quiet. So if you're going to be quiet, find another section. God has been good to me. Hallelujah. I thank God for your uh, leadership here. Uh, just an amazing a couple. One thing he didn't tell you all uh, was the first uh, hotel that we got to. Uh, when we walked in, the beds were together. And if you know me, the first thing that came to my mind was loose here, loose, loose. <laughs> I'm binding the devil. I looked at him, and I grabbed that one of those beds, and I flung it up against the wall. And he looked at me and said, "We gonna get along just fine." <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you help me celebrate Steve and Julie Ely? Can you clap your hands? Hallelujah. He is my brother for real blood. Uh, could not make us any closer. And I'm grateful to God for my sister soldier, the survivor. Hallelujah. Lady Julie Ely, just a phenomenal woman of God. I'm just grateful for what God has done in their lives. Uh, listen, it is uh, what I call helicopter time. Hallelujah. Uh, we've got to take this message and run uh, as fast as we can with it. Is that all right? Uh, now, let's establish something. I'm a talk to me preacher. So if you don't talk to me, it'll be 3 o'clock before you get out of here. <laughs> you going to talk to me? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, oh, I'm going to talk. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you don't mind, uh, let's go uh, to Mark, uh, the 16th chapter. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I'm excited about this word. I I'm excited about it. I, I see some faces in here uh, that look like they're hungry for something. Mark chapter 16, uh, verse 15. And he said unto them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not shall be damned or condemned. Verse 17, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast the devil out. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up the serpent. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not harm them. 
Here it is. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. My little Sunday school lesson is simple this morning. It simply says now or never. Now or never. We are in a defining moment. Uh, Every now and then you run into these defining moments uh, where God will take a season and begin to turn things around. And so what's happened now is Easter is over. Uh, We've heard the children's speeches and everybody has pretty much gone back to normal. But what we don't realize is we're in a time called the pilgrimage to Pentecost. That there's still work being done. That Jesus at this particular time has not ascended to heaven as of yet. He's still walking the earth. He's got business to take care of. He could not leave yet. He had to set things in order for us to be able to operate. He could not just leave us in that moment because we weren't ready. The Bible declares that he, he showed himself uh, to a few of the disciples. Uh, of course, uh, the deceiver was not there. Y'all, y'all know that, brother. He was trying to figure out if he was going to take his life at this particular point. He wasn't present, and Doubting Thomas wasn't present. And Jesus revealed himself to a few of the disciples and showed them that he had resurrected from the dead. It was here now that the disciples wanted to share with Brother Thomas. Y'all know him as Doubting Thomas. Uh, And they shared with Doubting Thomas that Jesus has risen. Thomas said, I won't believe it until I see it, that I need some proof. I saw how they whooped him. I I saw how they put the crown of thorns on his head. I saw the soldier pierce him in the side. I won't believe it until I'm able to put my hands in his womb. I'm going to need some real proof because, you know, we got people out here saying that they can raise the dead and do all that. I'm going to need to see it for myself. And this is what happens with a lot of us. We need to see it before we believe it, that we, we really haven't settled in our minds who Jesus is. Because if we had it settled, we would see a lot more miracles. We would see a lot more signs and wonders. We will see a lot more people come to Jesus, but because we haven't settled it in our own minds who he is to us, we're having some challenges in our world. You ought not get shook when the doctor gives you a bad report because I know him as a healer. I hope I can get somebody to talk to me in here. I don't know about you, but I'm an asthmatic, and so when COVID hit, I didn't want to catch it. Uh, Because having a respiratory problem already, I was a little fearful. But then God reminded me, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but, but of love, peace, and a sound mind. And if you happen to get it, I'm a healer, so you don't need to fret. I ended up with COVID, and the moment I got it, I said, I shall live and not die to declare the goodness of the Lord, that this sickness is not unto death. I just began to quote the scriptures, and I came out of that thing real quick because I know God as a healer. Look at your neighbor and tell them, settle it in your mind. That God is a healer, that that God is a deliverer, that that God can heal you, bring you out. You've got to settle it in your own mind. 
Doubting Thomas hadn't had it settled. And so later on, the disciples again were in a locked room. Somebody say locked. They were in a locked room uh, because they were nervous that the Sandarin guard, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were going to come to get them. Uh, because, you know, in that particular time, the word Christian was literally a put down. You hear it in, in the Bible. They were first called Christians in Antioch. Uh, they, they talked about them, those in the way. Uh, you see Paul in his letter to Damascus when he's saying, if I find any in this way that I might bring them back, that they might be persecuted. People were looking for Christians. They were looking for them to prosecute them, to bring them before the guard. And in some cases, they were even put to death. We have the luxury and the freedom and the right to worship God without being bothered, without anybody coming after us. And we have the audacity to act like it's not a privilege. God has been good to us. And the fact that we can open our mouths and tell him thank you, don't have to hide our Bibles, not being locked up for being a Christian, you ought to be making a whole lot more noise about what you believe and what God can do in your life. Let's settle it. Let's settle it. Let's understand who Jesus is in our lives. Let's make it clear uh, that we understand. And so now here are these disciples. They're locked in a room. And I love Jesus at this particular point because Jesus knows how to interrupt things. I just want to talk to the six people for the next minute and, and talk to you about how God came and interrupted your life. Hallelujah. I'll never forget it. I thought I was going to be John Gotti. Hallelujah. That I was going to be able to sell drugs for the rest of my life. But God had a funny way of interrupting my plan and getting into my business and putting me in a situation where I had no choice but to accept him. What is he interrupting in your life? Stop blaming it on the devil. Everything is not the devil. God has a right hand of mercy, but he's also got a left hand of wrath. And sometimes he just gets tired of our foolishness, and he has to shake us a little bit to get our attention. I believe God is shaking some people in this room right now to try to get your attention because he's got a destiny for you. Hallelujah. Jesus now shows up uh, to this gathering. Thomas is there now. And the door is locked. Jesus doesn't knock on the door. Uh, he just appears. Hallelujah. I, I love the fact that, that Jesus doesn't care if a door is locked. He'll walk right through it. Hallelujah. He doesn't care if the door to your heart is locked. If he's ready, he's walking right through it. He doesn't care if you lock him out your mind. He's got a way of walking right in there and just messing things up. Hallelujah. God ever mess up a good high? Y'all not going to say nothing in here. <laughs> you were minding your business, doing what you was doing, thinking it was all good, and God shows up and says, hey, remember me? Like, oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. God will interrupt your life and do what he needs to do. Jesus shows up now, uh, and they're having conversation, and Jesus understood what Thomas said. Unless I see it, unless I touch it, I'm not going to believe it. Jesus wasn't there, hallelujah, but he knew what he said. Thomas made a, a declaration, unless I touch it, I won't believe it. And so when Jesus walked in the room, he said, Thomas, come here. Hallelujah. I know what you said. Hallelujah. Come here. 
put your finger right here in my hand because I want you to feel where the nail was. Now, that's not good enough. Look at my feet. Come here. Come here. Come here. I need you to put your hand uh, in the holes where, where the spikes were driven. Well, that's not good enough. Come here because I heard you. I need you to put your hand in this exposed wound that, that's not infected. Y'all going to catch that later. <laughs> this exposed wound that's not infected. Put your hand in my side. Don't trip. There's some organs in there. They're all intact. Hallelujah. Because this is called something, an infallible proof. In other words, science can't explain it away. Doctors can't explain it away. People can't come and say this isn't real. Jesus proved himself. He defied gravity and absolutely everything to prove that he exists and he's real. The point that I want to drive right here is you couldn't get to where you are without him. It is a proven fact, and I just want to talk to three right here that says I was at the point of losing my mind. I tried doctors, I tried pills, I tried counseling, I tried it all, but it wasn't until Jesus got in my life that I got my mind back. There's a few that would say I was struggling with depression, I was going through this, I was going through that, and nothing worked until Jesus stepped into my life and you could say what you want to say hallelujah you can't explain him away in my life you weren't there when the voices was talking to me you 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 weren't there when when all the stuff was going on and Jesus came in and gave me peace you can't explain him away settle it in your mind Jesus now proves uh, who he is and and he's taking care of some other business. Thomas got his mind straight. How many of us have, are walking in doubt? How many of us are, are, are walking in, in questioning, is he really a healer? Uh, the problem is not that, that he's not a healer, that he doesn't want to show himself. Uh, the problem is, is when you go through it, do you actually pray and believe? Do you have a system that says, I, I need to know him uh, as a healer. I need to know him as a deliverer. Or do I make excuses about my life and what I'm doing? I find more people make excuses than, than people that actually stand on the word. Well, I tried, but, but, you know, since I laid it down, now it has become free. Well, that's what the devil does. Uh, when you get delivered from something, you don't have to pay for it no more. People begin to walk up to you and give it to you for free. Hallelujah. Uh, because the devil don't want to let you go. Uh, look at your neighbor and just tell him, you know who you are? Oh, my God. God, that just made me nervous. You talking to the wrong neighbor. Find you a neighbor that, that, that's better looking than you. Well, just find a neighbor that's looking then. Because <laughs> at that moment, everybody's just... Hallelujah. And, and, and ask them, neighbor, do you know who you are? 
If you knew who you were, you would understand why the devil is upset he lost you. If you really understood what was on the inside of you, you'd understand why the devil is roaming around seeking whom he may devour. He's mad because he lost some warriors. He's mad because he lost some trailblazers. He's mad because he lost some inventors. And he's upset and he wants you back. But somebody said he had to loose me and let me go. He had to get off of me because it was my time to be with God. Now that he's established who he is and people begin to understand that this is the Jesus, this is the Christ that has resurrected, he tells them something very interesting. He tells them to go over, tarry ye and wait for the promise of the Father. You, you need to go and wait and tarry for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to leave you, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. There's some work that you're going to have to do, which lands us here uh, in the 15th chapter of the book of Mark, where he says, go into all the world. In other words, that you can't be biased about who you talk to. Oh, God, help me here. It's easy to talk to people who look like us. But you know, you sure enough got an anointing and have the spirit of the Lord when you can talk to anybody. I don't care your race, creed, color. I don't care if you're short, tall. I don't care if you're square, round. Y'all ain't going to say nothing. Hallelujah. Round is a shape, too. I'm in shape. Y'all ain't going to miss this whole thing right here. Hallelujah. I don't care what you look like, where you came from, uh, because I don't have no room to judge. Uh, let's even the playing field. Let, let's, let's just make it neutral in here because some of us are always looking down at other individuals because we didn't do their sin. We didn't do what, what they did. No, I, I didn't get that bad. I didn't know sin was on a weight scale. The last I checked the scriptures, the Bible said, if you lie to your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. And, and so we've got to get out of the mindset that my sin wasn't as bad as theirs. We all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. And God gave us grace, unmerited favor, free gift, which means we didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us anyway. And so when you realize how you you weren't worthy, but now he made you worthy and made you a son and daughter of God. You ought to be a world shaker. You ought to be an agent of change that says, I want to tell the world about Jesus. He says, go into the world and, and proclaim the gospel, the good news uh, to every creature. Uh, we have uh, some challenges here because it says, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. It's interesting that we have some individuals in the house of God that don't believe yet. Now, I'm not saying that for you uh, to go outside of the church. I want you to keep coming until your belief system changes. I want you to keep coming until you gain a mustard seed of faith. Uh, just a little bit of faith so that you can move mountains. God just wants a little bit. He just wants a little bit. Nudge your neighbor and say, he just wants a little bit. He just wants a little bit. Uh, because if you can give him a little bit of your natural, he'll put some super on your natural. And now supernatural things begin to happen. Where am I this morning? Hallelujah. 
And so now it, it, it talks about go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. He that believes it and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And then it says something that I'm troubled about and I'm coming close to my close here. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Where are the signs? Where are the signs? If we have so many people believing, then where are the signs? I'm, I'm challenged here because the Bible is true. God does not lie. He even says in the book, he's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. So if the belief is there, the signs should be there. But there's some kind of disconnect between the belief and the sign. What's going on? Where are we getting unplugged? How in the world is the world going crazy and we're not identifying demons and casting them out? Hallelujah. What is going on? We should be able to lay hands on the sick and not just lay hands on them, but they should recover. What is going on? We need to address our belief system. If he says and he tells us by his stripes we are healed, it's not the Bible that's wrong. It's our belief system. System. Well, the doctor told me this, and the doctor told me this. And I say, yeah, uh-huh, I heard the doctor's report. But again, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. You have to address your belief system. I believe now, brothers and sisters, that when I say uh, the blood of Jesus, when I say come out of the man, when I say loose here, he has to leave because that's the commandment of the Bible. I don't believe anything else. When I walk into the hospital, I believe that demons get nervous because they know I'm getting ready to pray for somebody that's been stricken with a condition and they're getting ready to get up out of that bed. I don't expect anything less. When they say, well, the doctors have given them up good, it reminds me of the story when the woman came to Jesus and said, Lazarus, your brother is dead. And Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death. Woo, this is a little caveat here. Look at your neighbor and say, that that you're going through. Oh, y'all not talking over here. Look at your neighbor and say, that that you're going through is not unto death. Look back at him and prophesy and say, you shall live and not die. Hallelujah. I get excited uh, when, when we read stuff like this. Last, Jesus said, uh, show me where you laid him. Hallelujah, because you've got to understand that in your mind, he's dead. But in my mind, this is a great opportunity for a miracle. And I like Jesus here because when he gets to the tomb of Lazarus, I don't know why the Holy Ghost is taking me this direction. When he gets to the tomb of Lazarus, he waits a while. He doesn't just call and go wake Lazarus up. He waits for a crowd to gather. 
He waits for a crowd because a sign is getting ready to happen. A sign is getting ready to come forth because sometimes people need to see it to believe it. And so he says out of his mouth, I love this, hallelujah, thank you, Holy Ghost, for the benefit of you who don't believe. In other words, he wanted to address your belief system because he knew if he didn't show you something that you wouldn't move nothing. But if I show you something, then you might move. You might get up. You might do something. You might speak to somebody. You might preach. You might testify. Something might happen in your life. He says, for the benefit of you who don't believe, Lazarus, come forth. I like this moment because all of them were standing around wondering if Lazarus is really going to get out this grave and they didn't hear anything hallelujah some begin to doubt i told y'all he wasn't about nothing i told you he wasn't real you know the haters and the doubters they're always there and jesus is just sitting back and just saying wait wait i'm getting ready to show you something all of a sudden they hear from the tomb they're going "Uh uh-oh He that was dead. Here comes Lazarus. And and if you know anything about that particular time, he had to jump because he was in grave clothes. They had wrapped him up. Uh, They had prepared his body. Uh, But but he had just been risen from the dead. And just because he was wrapped up didn't mean he wasn't going to get out of there. Oh, here's a moment for somebody because you think that the devil's got you wrapped up good and you confess your sins, but you still got habits. You still got things going on in your life and you're wondering, are you ever going to get out of this? I challenge you to take the mind of Lazarus and say, I might be wrapped up, but I got to get out of here. I might be tangled up, but I got to get out of here. Lazarus jumps to the front of the grave, and Jesus walks out and looks at the crowd. I like Jesus. Told you. Y'all see Lazarus? Here's the point I want to make, and I've got to move here because I don't even remember what time Pastor Steve told me to quit. So, So let me hurry up here. Hallelujah. Jesus looks at him, and he says, loose him and let him go. Watch this. He was saved, but he still needed to be loosed. We got to understand that when we confess, that's one thing. But now that we've confessed, we got to come to church and get discipled so that the church can help us get loose from the things that are trying to bind us up and take us back. This sickness is not unto death. Push your neighbor and tell him, you shall live and not die. Lord, help me today. You, you just notioned me because I didn't, I didn't lost track of everything. The Holy Ghost then got on my brain here and, 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 and I need to move here. And so what we're looking at now is, is to understand that, that once we got saved, now he looses us. But here it is. Here's the message in, in, in 2.2 minutes. Now, we've got to understand that if Jesus came 
four days after Lazarus was dead and the body was supposed to be stinking at this point. He jumps up out of the tomb, walks out. They cut the grave clothes off of him. Jesus didn't do all this so he can go lock up in a house somewhere. Jesus didn't do this so he could sit on the front row and look dignified. Jesus did this so for the benefit of those who don't believe. Jesus did this for those who, who think that they're hopeless. Jesus did this for those that think that they don't have a way out. Jesus did this as a testimony that regardless of what you're going through, I could bring you out. You could be at the brink of death or just like Lazarus dead. But when God wants to bring you out, it doesn't matter what it is. He'll tell you to rise up and walk. So we find ourselves now in my closing in a peculiar situation because the Bible says, and it, it, it hurts my heart, the Bible says we're saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony means that most of us are living half saved because we got the blood but we don't testify. We, we, we got the blood, but we're not sharing what we really been through. We, we, we got the blood, but we're not exposing the tactics of the enemy. We, we got the blood, but we're we not telling how we got from point A to point B. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm having a logistical problem of how to do it. And I'm one of those ones that need instructions. If you're going to tell me to put 40 ounces down, I need to know how you put it down. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in here. If you stop womanizing, I need to know how you stop womanizing so that I don't womanize. Are y'all in here? I don't know what scars you wear but if you show your scars it was a big thing when I was a kid we got hurt boy we would look at that scar man I fell off my bike the other day my daddy had to stitch me up we would brag about our scars but now we got in the church we try to hide them because we don't we don't want nobody to judge us and we don't want nobody to talk bad about us but I wish we get back to the day this is when I was in sin and the Lord delivered me this when I was going through it and God brought me out this one was when I just fell out of grace and God brought me back. Look at somebody and say, I need to see your scars. God was able. I'm through. Pastor Steve, get ready to come get this mic. I ain't messed up. I'll do better on the next one, I promise. Hallelujah. God, God took me from South Central Los Angeles. Hallelujah. In the 80s, where bloodshed was happening every day. Gangs and drugs had plagued our city, and, and crack cocaine ha had gotten the best of just about everybody. If you wasn't smoking it, you were selling it. And some were selling it, were smoking it. I don't know how that worked out, but they were doing it. And so I end up uh, selling it. I end up in prison with double life plus two never supposed to see daylight again threw the keys away called me an animal called me a thief but I got saved in that place and I said God if I don't ever see daylight again at least I I met you I was supposed to be extradited to Florida to be put to death 
But somehow, when God has a destiny for your life, he put his finger in the evidence. I was guilty of sin. I pled guilty. It wasn't an issue for me. I knew what I did. But God said, even in that, I can turn it around. See, there's something about confession. When I pled guilty, that was like a confession. I didn't lie about what I did. I told the truth. They had me anyway. Had all the evidence. What's the point of lying? I became accountable. The moment I became accountable, God said, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody to be accountable. I'm looking for somebody to be honest. And I'll begin to turn it around for you. Let me tell you, even though they gave me double life, when God stuck his finger in it and caused the evidence that they had against me to be thrown out, y'all should have took off running about ten times around the church right there. It's all right. I know some of you in a state of shock, right? You gave me a second lease on life. I'm probably one of the happiest men on the planet right now. God gave me another chance. And the only reason I'm free is to preach the gospel. I don't have no other agenda. I don't have no other meaning in life. I may never be rich, and I'm okay with that. Because whom the Son set free is free indeed. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise in this house. I want to pray as the worship team begins to sing softly. You say, preacher, I got some scars, and I've been scared to share them because I was wondering about who was going to judge me. I want to do better. I want to share the gospel. I want to share my story. I want to change lives. Would you come rush this altar quickly? I want to pray with you that after today, you're going to be a trailblazer, that you're going to share your story. You're not, you're not worried about people judging you. You're not worried about people talking about your stuff. That you're going to declare life because the world needs you. It needs your story. It needs what you've been through. and presence of God in this room right now. The devil don't know what's happening right now. God is developing an army of people that are not scared to testify about what they've been through, that's getting ready to share Jesus with the world. I hear the devil's kingdom rumbling, and it's getting ready to come down. Somebody say yeah. change that these that walk down to this altar today have just become agents of change that the army of the Lord just got stronger 
that these are specialists and snipers to the devil's kingdom to take down the tactics of the enemy, to share what God has done in their life. And because of them, Oklahoma City will never be the same. Oklahoma City will never be the same because of these warriors. God, I bless you. God, I thank you. God, I magnify you. God, I glorify you. God, I lift you up. If you believe it, open your mouth and give God praise. them with the wisdom to be able to study your word. God, that when they come in contact with people that look like their past, that smell like their past, that represent where they came from, that God, you would endow them with wisdom from on high to be able to win the loss at any cost. God, it's now or never. Whatever we're going to do for you, we need to do it now. God, this is a sign to you, to the world, and to the devil's kingdom that we're ready to fight. We're ready to go forward. We're ready to share. And we're not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. If you believe that, you pray that, I just challenge you to open your mouth, clap your hands, and let's make a thunderous noise in here to our King, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. I love you all. Come on, sing, sing, sing. this morning that we want you more than we want anything else, more than we want comfort, more than we want convenience, more than we want our preference. We want you. And if having you means that we end up scarred and marked, set aside, we're okay with that because we will use our scars, those marks on us, as a witnessing tool, as bait to attract those that are going through what we've been through. I pray that you would embolden us in our testimony so that lives will be changed, so that our surroundings will be altered, 
by the word of our testimony. I pray that this word would sink deep in us and we would become bold in our testimony of what you've done for us and you would allow us to share it with the right people and signs would begin to follow us. We don't follow after signs. Signs follow after us and I'm just praying that folks are going to lead today and signs are going to follow them to McDonald's and signs are going to follow them to Starbucks and signs are going to follow them to their workplace and signs are going to follow them into the grocery store and signs are going to follow them into their classroom and signs are going to follow them into their, their neighborhood. Signs are going to follow them into their homes. We believe you can do that. Adjust our belief system today. So that we will believe your word and we will begin to see it come to pass. We ask you to do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Give your neighbor a high five and then you be seated just real quick.